Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's the Ralph Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling. your temporary host of the round ball rock podcast and i've got to be honest normally i know at least one name don pardo uh says and i did not know any of those names uh hopefully with some clarification <laughs> i've got my co-host america's uncle dad my best friend and yours sean Keen. sean how are you hey i'm doing okay doing all right do you have world cup fever you know, I I watched I did not watch the first game or the mm. second game, but I did catch the last 30 minutes of uh, a special game. Did you drink very did you drink zero hearts. beers in solidarity 
with the people <laughs> watching the soccer right now. Yeah, I'm I'm dog sitting and I think there aren't any beers. I would maybe like to talk about Qatar a little bit just because I was there, but we'll mm-hmm. let's talk let's more. Let's introduce guests. our guest first. Yeah. Uh from the You Know Ball podcast, from NBA Twitter, uh from Twitter we know him from credit. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, more importantly, from the very funny You Know Ball podcast, a mostly Sixers podcast. But let's be honest, it's, it's, it's like, it's more about the NBA than this podcast, but sure. uh, less about the Sixers. You know, it's like the Venn diagram. Anyway, yeah, it's true, bro, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first off, thanks for having me. Uh, lovely intro. Second off, it started as a Sixers podcast, and now we talk about the Sixers when they're not actively ruining my life, mm-hmm. which they have been for quite some time now. And, uh, you know, our big thing is trade slop. We just, we, we, we're hogs for the slop over at Uno Ball. So that's what people <laughs> know me most, most for. The, the sultan of slop, the slop father, you know, yeah. I, I get all of it. So, <laughs> well, you know, between you and your slop and our friends, Vince Mancini and Matt Lieb from the Frot cast, who we often uh-huh. have, who refer only to their Patreons as piggies. Yeah. Uh, you guys <laughs> might have something going there. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that they did that, but I also call the patrons piggies. So, well, and and Corbin A. Smith always, our friend Corbin always mm-hmm. talks about hogs too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's both. talking about sometimes. Well, I mean, he's talking about both, but yeah. <laughs> um. So, Trill Bro, dude, do you have World Cup fever? I'm going to not lie. I am not a soccer guy at all. I don't really follow. Yeah. I I don't follow soccer in any capacity. Uh, I am a world cup fan. As far as uh, I went to Penn state and a bunch of people at Penn state watch soccer. So I pretended to like soccer for a few months, every few years. And then other than that, I don't really Mm -hmm. give a shit to be honest, but I, I just hopped up. I don't I didn't watch baseball in a decade and the Phillies made it to the World Series. I had no problem hopping on that bandwagon. I'll hop on US bandwagon if they go far. Yeah. I mean, they really only have to beat Wales and Iran to to make it exciting, I guess. I don't know. The Sean, US is playing. <laughs> I don't really want to talk about the US's World Cup, but what I do want to talk okay. about is I That's want fine. you to explain to Trill Bro dude. Your father's relationship with soccer, because yes, it okay. is one of yeah. the most bizarre things in the world. Because yeah, I don't I don't know anything about Team USA, except that uh, they they have Christian Christian Pulisic, Pulisic and Pennsylvania legend. I, I Pennsylvania believe legend. I he's from Her- he's from Hershey. I honestly uh, thought that was a man who played for the San Jose Sharks. That's how much I know <laughs> about uh, soccer. Um. So, oh, and they're the the U.S.'s starting goalkeeper is the backup goalie for Arsenal, which is my mm-hmm. father's team. Now, my dad um, basically had a midlife crisis uh, in his mid forties, and some some men in that situation uh, have affairs. You know, like, have affairs my dad did get a motorcycle but he joined like a motorcycle gang of dads yeah and it was he was like, in the wild hogs 
Yeah, he. <laughs> they were like really polite to everybody. Yeah. Uh, they signed up for my Patreon, the Wild Hogs. I remember one. Guy, <laughs> I remember one guy uh, like left a motorcycle trip because he missed his girlfriend at one point. So that's that didn't work. So my the dad uh, so instead the bitch fell, fell off. The bitch that's what you're telling off. me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so around like '99 or 2000, my dad uh, decided he was really into uh, English Premier League soccer, which at the time he had only been watching like on VHS tapes he borrowed from the neighbor. It was not the it wasn't mm-hmm. the Peacock era. Yet, sure, guys. yeah, yeah, way yeah. way ahead of its time. Yeah, and uh, he adopted the team Arsenal because he read Nick Hornby's Fever Pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which you might wild. know as a Jimmy Fallon, I starring, do, yeah, yeah, the Red Sox, yeah, film. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there like a, about yeah, those by, tortured uh, Boston sports fans, you know, <laughs> directed by Oscar winner Peter Farrelly, yeah, mm-hmm. yep, but not Green Poppy, Book, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, he just became this intense soccer fan and he would. Wake up every, you know, at like 4 a.m. on Saturdays. He would put on his scarf. He wears the little uh, scarf. He has he a scarf. He has scarf. a lot of alternate jerseys. <laughs> and he did this with the Grateful Dead when he was, I don't think of my dad as like a, a charismatic convincing guy, but he basically convinced all of his brothers and neighbors to become Grateful Dead fans when he was like 21. Awesome. And now I'm a he, dead head, so. Yeah. Now he's lured the same people into being Arsenal fans Mm -hmm. and they were really good in like 2002 and they've been kind of miserable recently but my dad's friends have completely changed because at work he used to hang out with other guys in his department who he like played fantasy football with and then his friends became anyone who wanted to go watch soccer at lunch and Uh so my dad started hanging out with this guy named David who is like eight years younger than me mm-hmm. and they would just be like chopping it up and sometimes i would stop by because i he lives in the same city and my dad would be like ignoring me to talk to david his <laughs> soccer son um, you. yes and he also had a nigerian co-worker who was really into mm-hmm. soccer and because of that okay so there's a bar in north beach in san francisco that's the arsenal bar they always take a picture after the game and one of them uh my dad's nigerian friend is in it it gets posted to facebook suddenly there are nigerian people talking trash about arsenal on my facebook wall and it's like uh highly aggressive and also people that um you know probably speak like four languages and english is second or third Mm -hmm. so i would get messages that were like enjoy your day in the sun man of man of arsenal uh, the pitch will run red with the blood of like the Tottenham supporters or something like that. And I was like, am I being threatened right now? It's so weird. Uh, so that is the weird life that my dad has a, a good friend named Mick who's from Northern yeah, Ireland and weirdest, has a bar. <laughs> the weirdest thing about your dad to me and his soccer fandom is that he's adopted the British slang around soccer. Oh, yeah. He'll oh, just be go. like, yeah. yeah that is, he'll just say like, Oh, that's a that's a red card, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> whatever, like, whatever get the, off the pitch. Whenever the team loses and he's absolutely furious, he just says it is what it is. Yeah. yeah he, he's like, oh. he once said he was knackered about a result. I'm like, come on. 
Let's go. So, uh, yeah, my my dad, my parents have always wanted to be like fake British. And if you have any kind of accent, my mom will start talking back to you in what she thinks that accent is. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it's fun. It's a real it's a fun house for that reason. Yeah, nice bonding. Well, not you and your dad are bonding <laughs> over it. I mean, me and my that's basically all me and my dad ever talk about is sports. Mm-hmm. So like it's literally like I, I had I had an old Twitter thread that was uh, the only time my dad texted me is when something bad happens to the Sixers or Eagles or an old musician dies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, my like, God. oh uh, <laughs> fucking the guy from the doors, Rayman Zurich died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> text me. Like all of our texts for 10 years is literally just like Embiid's hurt. Also, uh, you know, <laughs> Kenny Rogers died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Kenny my dad's Rogers, there. much more normal caller. Um, yeah. Then, yeah. A little bit. Uh, my, my dad really likes um, Amazon Prime because they have soccer documentaries and what I think is like 500,000 different documentaries about singer songwriters in the 70s. It's always like Troubadour, the true story. Yeah. Stories from the canyon. Mm-hmm. Jackson Brown's bedroom. Yeah. Where I watch like literally, like I watch Janis Joplin, anyone, the dead had one on Amazon. Like I've, I've, I've even watched probably like the Kid Cudi one. Like I watched literally every music documentary on Amazon. All right. Oh man. Sean, you did say you wanted to talk about cutter qatar cutter oh yeah 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 well because you were there earlier this year yeah but let's get to it with the um let's get to it with our first okay uh, so you want to do the mail all right let's oh oh you know what let's you know what let's uh let's save it for when we get to our special news section okay so let's do you want to go to the news or the mail you tell me let's go to the mail let's go to the mail all right because it's uh it's the drop i'm asking what drop you want me to yeah yeah the mail the mail (laughs) (laughs) sorry yes This is Round Ball Rock Reader Mail. Communications from listeners. Why do we call it Reader Mail? It is confusing for robots. All right. This is less a question for me and Sean, I think, and more of a question for Trill Bro, dude. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, excellent. It's yeah. from our German friend, Taxi Mist Eliza, who said, it's a long question, just a heads up, listeners. <laughs> None of these are my words. <laughs> who is the NBA's worst and most loathsome head coach, and why is it Glenn Anton Rivers? <laughs> yes! Do not overlook the fact that his utterly unreasonable fondness for objectively rapidly fading or beyond faded formerly barely effective players like DeAndre Jordan or Montrez Harrell and not disguised open hatred for young players almost totally stalls their development, i.e. Charles Bassey, Isaiah Joe, Paul Reed. In addition, do not lose sight of his contemptible display of hubris and openly and proudly worn refusal to change, get better, or to contemplate perspectives of other human beings other than himself. As a meditator and athletic Me. coach, oh, yeah, 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 You're it's right. a sorry. meditator. You're right. As You're a meditator right. and athletic coach of young humans, I personally am offended by his refusal to grow in any way to reflect upon his actions to not ev- evolve in any way. 
This man is a front to not only neuroplasticity, but the human quest to maybe trying to be a better human today <laughs> than you were yesterday and to make those around you better through humble daily work. So I ask why? Why is Doc Rivers... Oh, and shame on Keith Pompey and fuck Keith Pompey. Again, not me. Not me. <laughs> and fuck Keith Pompey for his utterly ridiculous Rivers is a heroic warrior and best coach imaginable in, imaginable in unfathomably difficult circumstances. Leader of man and shining light. Piece of unserious, disingenuous, highly inaccurate bullshit he penned last week. Fuck that. Go lose a 3-1 series lead, Doc, because it's Monday and it's what you do, Glenn. No? Fire, first off. I, I, I just, that, that, <laughs> person, that person who's definitely not on this podcast needs to come on my podcast. <laughs> so so uh, everything that was said there was one entirely accurate. I mean, actually, as you were reading that, it, it made total sense in my brain that Doc, I always call Doc like, he's just like the boomer coach. Mm -hmm. And everything about Doc is just boomerism. He doesn't believe, mm -hmm. he hates young people. He doesn't believe in change. He believes that it's his way or the highway. There's no, he supports the Lincoln project. Like he is literally <laughs> a boomer in every capacity. And that was exactly displayed there in that beautiful beat poetry that, that you just, <laughs> for one who's definitely not you. <laughs> yeah. I don't really have anything else to add to that. Sean, do you? <laughs> um, I just want to say, uh, I wish we had recorded this at 9 11 a.m. as a tribute to keith pompey <laughs> and his alarm clock my guy i actually was funny enough uh so before i became like going viral for like posting clips of keith and like making fun of him and stuff yeah. i was he was on my podcast <laughs> but the thing is i was doing a crossover podcast with another group of people mm -hmm. and they knew that i make fun of him all the time mm -hmm. so they were like you can't like he comes on our podcast all the time like you can't make fun of him so keith is like the nicest man ever to me and i actually felt really terrible about making fun of him and then the 9 11 thing happened and i was like i don't feel bad anymore <laughs> 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 um all right sean what's our next question uh our next question comes from l half narrow who writes this isn't a basketball related question per se but at this weekend's niners chargers game the bosa brothers mom was wearing a hat like this one he encloses a picture of a uh uh, like a mom hat that says football mom in the same kind of like font and design. It would say it's wine o'clock somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's accurate. Okay. Uh, Sean and Joey, especially Sean, since he's America's uncle dad, what would your version of this hat say? Well, I mean, okay. So Joey, as you know, my sister Bernadette was uh, a big soccer player mm -hmm. and I, made a hat that said uh bernie bro and then it's true i would wear that to every game and then people blame me for donald trump winning the 2016 <laughs> and uh I, that's why i'm banned from mastodon so <laughs> yeah people people didn't like that i don't know why so i still support you bernadette uh 
I mean, I honestly, I was once uh, kicked out of a Real Madrid game for wearing uh, Anthony Randolph is my son on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's... <laughs> I mean, what are you, what are you going to do? <laughs> that's the only real family connection we have. Yeah. <laughs> that's why Joey and I have honorary Slovenian citizenship. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. <laughs> Wait, as We're in just Real... eligible to root. Real, you're not a soccer guy, but you're at a Real Madrid game, or are we talking basketball. Real Madrid basketball? basketball. Okay, yeah, yeah. Anthony thought, Randolph. Yeah. Anthony yeah. Randolph plays there. He did the I greatest figured. basketball player of all time, Anthony. Oh Randolph. yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. figured that he was over there based on the context of it. I didn't even know when I went to Barcelona. I had no idea that they had. I turned on the television and I was like, why? Why does Barcelona FC have a basketball team? It was mm-hmm. extremely confusing in my brain. Yeah, that's their, the thing that their star that. is Anthony Randolph. Let's go. <laughs> from you might know him from the Carmelo Anthony trade, <laughs> correct? Uh, yes. Or, or the history. David Lee trade. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's just the guy that gets traded for better players. <laughs> or um, the guy who uh, cried on the court mm-hmm. in a basketball game. <laughs> um, all right, Sean. We haven't heard the drop in a while, but there's some news, so uh, here we go. Now it's time to talk about Round Ball Rock's number one country, Senegal. Senegal is the only country in West Africa which wasn't overrun by a military coup. Its democratic stability has earned it many allies in Europe and the Americas. The capital of Senegal is the port city of Dakar. Its history has shaped it to be one of the most liberal and cosmopolitan cities of Africa. With the 21st pick in the 2013 NBA Draft, the Utah Jazz select Gorgie Jing from Kebamare, Senegal, and the University of Louisville. Chartable.com is a very reliable website that everyone loves. President of Senegal, Macky Sall. Dakar is home to the tallest statue in Africa. We will still do any and all Serbian podcasts. We love Senegal. Please love us back by making us number one according to everyone's favorite website, Chartable.com. All right, Sean, first off, I should explain to our listeners, our newer listeners, what that was. We used to be the eighth most popular uh, sports podcast in Senegal, according to the most reliable website, Chartable.com. Um, but Your homepage un- and mine. Un- unfortunately, yep. we fell out several years ago, um, but it's a good drop. So, Sean, yeah. what... Uh, why did you have me play the Senegal drop? Well, there's two big two big things in the world of Senegal today. 
I got to say, okay, so first of all, Don Pardo mentioned many of the stars of their team up top, but Senegal is in the World Cup, and we at Rampal Rock are pulling for the Lions of Teranga. Uh, they are, of mm-hmm. course, the AFCON champions. They're the, the champions of the African tournament. And we hope that Alio Sise can lead them to glory in Qatar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Senegal was defeated 2-0 by the Netherlands today. But so they will need to beat Ecuador and the host country of Qatar to uh, advance to the round of 16. I'm saying Wait, it like that. Please stop saying it that way. Well, I listened to NPR this morning on the way to the airport. So apparently you say it, Qatar. It's not Qatar? Uh, they There they say Qatar. And then mm-hmm. on NPR, you say Qatar. Oh, uh, okay. Great. Like you're saying Mordor. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> um, okay, so that we have some other NBA cynical news, though, Joey. Okay. Uh, what did Gorgie signed- Day- Dang do? Oh, oh, oh sorry, Portland. No, Portland Go signed Ebo Baji. Okay, great. <laughs> Uh, That's Bobby a person we out. all know and love. Yeah, he came out of NBA Academy Africa. He is a fun guy to have in the NBA. Uh, he was on Barcelona's youth team and reserve team for a while. And uh, the the Bucks G League team gave him a deal uh, this fall. Uh, he is seven foot one and he all he does is block shots. Like, I don't know if he can catch the ball or anything, but he's seven foot one. And uh, yeah, like he he was playing like. 20 minutes a game for Barcelona and blocking like three shots in those 20 minutes. So Dame Lillard say salam alaikum to your new teammate, Ibu Baji. Great. And he, he was important enough to get a Shams tweet, which threw me off because I have Shams notifications on. And I thought that it was a trade or something interesting. Let's let's talk about this real quick. (laughs) Trill bro, dude, you're, you're, you're on Twitter as much as I am, maybe more. Um, a lot. To, I, I'm not putting up sham screen time numbers, but who you know. who do you have notifications set for? So during trade season, I have it for Shams, Woj, Chris Haynes, mm-hmm. and Jake Fisher. I stopped trusting Mark Stein. Same. Like two years ago. I, I, so the Sixers were involved in a bunch of trade rumors. He's gotten like four things wrong with the Sixers. Uh, mm. He was he he famously had a trade years ago, 2015, I think it was, that we traded for Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he actually got traded to the Celtics and was really good for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. But there was like there was that trade. There was the Harden trade the first time when they said he was going to get traded to the Rockets uh, from the Rockets to the Sixers. They ended up going to the Nets. And then the third, the final straw was when he said the Sixers were going to get Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. He was like, it was basically like it was approaching the goal line or whatever it was. <laughs> and of course, then everyone just tweeted the picture of the Super Bowl where Russell Wilson threw the interception in the end zone. <laughs> well, <laughs> in, in, in Mark Stein's credit with the Kyle Lowry run one, I also think Happy Madison Pictures thought the Sixers were getting Kyle Lowry. Yes. Because if you watch there. the movie Hustle, yes. Kyle Lowry hangs out exclusively with the other Sixers. Yes, Matisse uh, Tybalt, <laughs> Tobias Harris, and Kyle Lowry. The owner of the team, by the way. Yes, like he's yeah, the owner out, like the of the owner. team, yeah. yeah. He's just hanging out, going out to dinner with them. I was so confused because at that point, when they had filmed that movie, I so I lived in one of the neighborhoods where they filmed in 
at the time I lived in a, a neighborhood called Maniunk here, mm. which is yeah. uh, where he like Bo famously runs up the hills mm-hmm. in the movie. Uh, uh-huh. And at the time, we all knew Kyle Lowry was going to the Heat. Like the Heat mm-hmm. got tampering fines yeah. <laughs> specifically for that. Like we all knew for months that he was going to the like at that point it had probably been, and I know that this was filmed after that. So I have no idea. I guess he's just a Philadelphia basketball player. So they were like, yeah, whatever. This makes in in the hustle universe, Kyle Lowry played for the Sixers. Yeah. Never really did. But mm-hmm. yeah, Mark Mark Stein might have had some inside information about the, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the filming of the, the yeah. movie Hustle. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Man- but no, so those are the other ones that I have on for my notification. I'd be remiss to mention Manny Unk is also, I believe, the neighborhood where Philly Boy Roy had a peanut chew incident. I think that's um, true. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm for those fans of the best show. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I'll tell you off air. Okay. Um, all right. Um, <laughs> uh, Sean. Well, I got to open my dock. Where, where are we going next here after Senegal? And uh, we got to go to the regular news. Oh, the regular news. Oh, man, we're going to have to talk about Israelites, aren't we? Well, I've got that one last, but yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> this is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news for humans and robots. Trust the process. All right, Sean, what's our top story? Our top story, guys, I hate to break this to you on the podcast. Uh, Our top story is that Kendall Booker and Kendall Jenner and Devin Booker are donezo. What? According to TMZ, they are donezo, D-U-N-Z-O. But it's cuffing season. I know it's a, you know, that's why Devin Booker is so hard to be contained. You know, he yeah. fakes left. He goes right. Uh, he he goes to his spot. Yeah, it's cuffing season and he makes himself single for the Amory season. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, probably before the Chris Paul uh, injury, he probably was like, you know, let's settle down. But now Chris Paul's out. He's the star. He's the main guy. Mm-hmm. Probably getting a lot more attention if you think about it. Maybe he mm-hmm. could upgrade to the other Jenner sister. Mm. Yeah. Uh, apparently, according to People Magazine, they both wish each other well. They're just both, you know, really big on focusing on each other's career. But I had this drop already. And congrats from Dunked On Again on your nuptials. Oh, oh man. Uh... Yeah, one thing that I want to uh, make sure everybody remembers is that uh, Blake Griffin called off his wedding mm-hmm. to try and date Kendall Jenner, who didn't move very long mm-hmm. after that. So she has uh, famously has a starting five of players. She's uh-huh. so Ben she's Simmons, right? Yeah. yeah. Who is now an NBA player again? Finally, I know. They did, well, yeah. he, had the one game. A, he had the one <laughs> game. <laughs> there was a moment in the relationship where he was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not emotionally ready to go to bed with you anymore." <laughs> I, I don't you think that the don't you think that the the breaking point in their relationship was him up late uh, sending tags to Neil. For his yeah. fake jokes. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Honey, you're out so late doing open mics. 
the tallest man in comedy. That's yeah. his, that's his <laughs> tagline, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> America's dunkingest comedian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you know, when, once he started doing stand-up, though, he stopped really playing basketball. And I don't think that's yeah. a coincidence. No, I agree. Yeah, but It was a lot of knee injuries, but honestly, his soul was injured by, yeah. by getting up By in front doing of, stand-up comedy. Yeah, yeah. And hanging out with Neil Brennan. Mm-hmm. Yes, those yeah. were... <laughs> yes. Well, we, we famously said that he uh, forced a... He took, like, $20 million less dollars to leave the Detroit Pistons so he could do a show at the Bell House every week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> now, who do you think goes, like, back to that show? You know what I mean? Like, I could imagine seeing Blake Griffin do stand-up once, and then someone's like, yeah, it's every Wednesday. Come on back. And you're like, I don't, I don't know about that. Absolutely not. No, no, I, I don't think that he's really a draw. I don't think that he's moving numbers, putting putting asses in seats at the or standing at the bell house. You know, even with the Nets being as wildly popular as they are in New York City. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> by the way, when I was there, um, I was there in 2021, like the week before the playoffs started. And they were offering some kind of deal where if you like brought a can of food and showed that you were vaccinated, uh, you would get like two crappy tickets for like twenty five dollars for like the playoffs. It was that wild. Was just, that was despite Kyrie. Yeah, that was I yeah, just sending yeah. a message. <laughs> Energy. <laughs> um. All right. <laughs> Sean. Uh. Ladder so gate. Is, this is one for our guests to really, really tackle. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers defeated the Milwaukee Bucks, and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think, shot three of 14 from yeah. the free throw line. Now, one of mm-hmm. the less important things to the Were world. Were they counting the again? Im- uh, I don't know, but I'm, <laughs> the most important thing is that uh, Rick Barry has been on a tear mm-hmm. on social media posting uh clips of himself shooting underhand and talking about how Giannis you know owes it to his teammates and the sport to start shooting granny style mm-hmm. free throws all Let's the time well, it's always great when he's able he has the the one-handed now he yeah. shoots with one hand mm-hmm. and uh normally what Rick Barry has been posting is pictures of him winning medals at uh 75 and over pickleball <laughs> so that's <laughs> You know, it's a it's a change of pace. You got to diversify your content. You know, yeah. so um, I am having yeah. a hard time finding the Rick Barry drop. Drop. Sorry, listeners. Oh, you're... that's. <laughs> um... I do have a video of Rick Barry at uh, the G League, the the G League workout before the day before the G League draft, just mm-hmm. bricking underhand free throws. <laughs> Wait, oh. Granted, he was like 74 years old, but one was of my this the Warriors G League team? Not the G oh, League. I'm sorry, the, the big three. The big Sean. three. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, gotcha. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I didn't want to spoil any news if uh, you know oh you guys God. saw that your owner went to go see his prize. His oh, prize no, possession. we were going to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you uh, want to bring that up right now? Uh, sure. Wait, actually, we're talking about Joe Lacob and Rick Barry, right? So here we go. Yeah. Hey, one second here. Come on, people. You fans are the greatest fans in the world. That's everybody said that. Show a little bit of class. This is crazy. Seriously. Come 
on, you're doing yourself a disservice. All of the wonderful accolades being said to you for you to treat this man who is spending his money to do the best that he can to turn this franchise around, and I know he's going to do it. So give him the respect he deserves. The worst part about that clip is he was right. He's right. <laughs> I know. It aged It aged very well for him. And all those accolades that the crowd that was being said to the crowd. What uh-huh. year was that, though, I ask? It's a 2000. It's the year they, they just traded Monte Ellis. So yeah, it's 2012. It's, okay. right. it's 2012. So, and they're yeah. about to they're trying to tank because they have a top. So they seven can get Harrison yeah. Barnes. Pick, yeah. Yeah. And it works. It works. Yeah, yeah. they get Harrison Barnes, who ends up being the second best player they get in that draft. Yeah. And uh, the 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 thing is, though, and I've been I've been I've talked about plenty of Warriors fans who have who I've talked to about this. I'm very much of the mindset that Joe Lakeup and the entire front office is just Steph merchants and Steph was already on the team at that point. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, well, that's Joe Lakeup's problem, right? Yeah, I would. Okay. So I would actually give Bob Myers more credit. Bob Myers is outside of what Joe Lacob does, I would say. Well, Bob Myers drafted Draymond Green, which made yes, everything exactly. kind of work. Oh, and he has then... like a human being with human emotions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that helps too. Um, yeah. But yeah, Joe, the, Joe Lacob's obsession with Kevin Durant first. So like when they opened Chase Center, mm-hmm. uh, the guy who cut the ribbon, or no, it was they were going to open the new arena. They had... David Lee do that because that was Joe Lacob's first big signing. And then when they cut the rib, the groundbreaking, they had Kevin Durant do it. They never had Steph. Mm. Uh, and like the light years comment is sort of a dig at Steph. I mean, at one point he wasn't he like offer. He was like. He was not going to offer him a max contract after his uh, MVP seasons. Which is incredible considering that he was on maybe the greatest con no the greatest contract yeah. in NBA history mm-hmm. from a team perspective. <laughs> like like you what, got an MVP for twelve million dollars. The strangest a year. thing about Joe Lacob is what he doesn't seem to understand is like <clears throat> in theory he is like Steph Curry being there is partly his doing because uh he didn't trade him for Andrew Bogut. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The Milwaukee Bucks were like, we'll take on to Ellis, which yeah. turned out to be not the greatest decision. Um, but I he's a fucking freak, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um anyway, oh, so Sean, yes. can you explain why we're talking about Joe Lego? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, because uh the Warriors sent down the Warriors like to make history with the, the developmental league. Yeah. yeah. So um, they were the first team ever to send, to send a their, lottery, a pick. lottery pick to the G league. That Patrick was the O'Brien. great Patrick O'Brien. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh-huh. Nice. Uh, and now they've sent down in his third season, mm-hmm. uh, the number two overall pick James Wiseman, a lot of number two picks never go to the G league at all. Actually, Joey, that's <laughs> yep. weirdly enough. Um, but he's he headed to Santa Cruz and it became very clear very early in this season. I think that uh, Steve Kerr was kind of playing James Wiseman under duress. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if it's just that they are like, we have to play this guy. He was such a high pick. He makes $10 million a year or whatever. Uh, but Steve Kerr very early was like, I would prefer you could tell. And in fact, I think 
part of the reason that the Warriors uh, skidded to the degree they did, like they're not great, but they should be like 10 and eight instead of eight and nine. And it's because Steve Kerr was basically making like hockey subs, almost like, can you believe how bad this guy is that the owner (laughs) is making me play? And so, yeah. So they finally sent Wiseman down to Santa Cruz. He fell out of the rotation. The idea is like he could play minutes and get some playing time. Joe Lacob loves him. And so he went to the Kaiser Permanente Arena in Santa Cruz, California to cheer on uh, James Wiseman from his. Amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my whole thing with this was, and First off, I, I I would think that's a bad sign if you're a Warriors fan. Like, because uh-huh. ideal, ideally, you would want to trade Wiseman and his salary to get back some sort of rotation player because your guys' starting lineup is incredible. Yeah, I, mean, I it's, heard you it's... say on your podcast, do you think the Warriors are going to make a trade? Uh, they're not. I'm going to tell you right <laughs> now. They're not okay. going to make a trade. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. We did couch that with, and I believe Sam was like, they're not, they're not going to mm-hmm. do like, they're not going to admit that they were wrong. And uh, I'm not a big Jonathan Kaminga guy. I know a lot of people around the league are, he's still extremely young, but I think that the, the argument that everyone's been making that I think most rational sane people have been making is it, you have, you have to do it for Steph. You have to do it for mm-hmm. these last few years. You have, you have no long, how you have no idea how long uh, Steph is going to play at this level. And the, like Kaminga's one thing because I think he played well enough at times last year where he had flashes that you could be like, well, we'll just keep Kaminga, trade Wiseman and whatever. But like if they're not even willing to budge on Wiseman, mm-hmm. then that is psychotic in my opinion. Like well, I mean, if he has if he has any actual trade value, because I kind of think that he doesn't. But at the same time, like the way that the media talks about him is like he isn't he Marvin Bagley when he everything has he's pointed worse to the than fact Marvin Bagley. he's much yeah. worse than Marvin Bagley. Yeah. 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 He he's just it's it's just a weird situation because he's he's definitely just bad at basketball. Like he doesn't yeah. he doesn't know how to do. It's weird because some of it is stuff that um, isn't obvious when you're just watching because you watch and you're like oh he got a he got a dunk or he was in there yeah. but then you realize like he doesn't know how to seal his man when he posts yeah. he scores a lot like of points that. really fast but uh, he's but... like a he just he ends up getting turnovers <laughs> yeah. for other people because they're expecting him to do stuff that like a college freshman does mm-hmm. sure without thinking about it and it's just like i don't know it's just not the it's weird. It reminds me, they were also very stubborn about Alan Smilicich. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember yeah. that. The big, the big, uh, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, they kept him on the team and spent a bunch of money and picks to have him for a team that like was basically playing like seven guys for the last mm-hmm. 20 games of the season and the plan when literally it was like, just one more body would have gone so far. Honestly, in hindsight, they should have just given Gary Payton some minutes that year too. Yeah. Sure. But uh, it's it, it's like the pet projects that they want to hold on to. And I mean, Wiseman, you're you're in a tough spot because he makes so much money, and I I don't know who. Well, they just going to take his too. Shot. I would yeah. actually, though. I think Sean is uh, maybe giving Steve Kerr a little bit too much leeway on James Wiseman um, because, okay, like say what you will about Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody. 
Um, they, I like Moody. Yeah. I like I like them both. I think yeah. they mm-hmm. and I think they could both help now if Kerr would like just suck it up and play them. Um, but uh, if you remember right, that draft. Kerr was at the Olympics and he was like, I don't even know who we drafted. I was much more involved last year. And Steve Kerr is like a fetish for has a fetish for size. Yeah. And I have a real. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm I'm sure they were all on board with taking him. I just mean, I have heard I have heard they weren't all on board with taking him. Um and that Bob there Myers were was not or no, guys in the front office were not there. They, I heard the front office was very split and okay. the guy, the other guy was Halliburton. Okay. Oh but, my God. So here's yeah. the, but thing, the no, argument you... was, uh, Halliburton, you don't take him at two. You try and yeah. trade down and that's no, bullshit. You're right. My argument no, is in the right, NBA, though. if you fucking like a guy, just take him. It doesn't matter. It's not yep. the NFL. There isn't like a chart where these picks mean something. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. yeah, I agree. No, I totally agree with that. But you're, you're totally right. If you go back and you listen, I know this because I've done like retrospective podcasts where we go back and we look at how people were talking about things at the time of the draft. And Bill Simmons loves to do this thing where he hears things from like Uh front offices and then he passes them off as his own ideas and he said exactly what you just said which is that the warriors should take halliburton at two it might he's like the only problem is it might be a reach because you could get him at like seven or eight or whatever no one expected halliburton to fall to 12 which is where i think he Mm -hmm. fell in that draft but i agree with you i mean like I look at the Raptors like Scotty Barnes was not supposed to go with the fourth pick in the 2021 mm-hmm. draft. And they were like, well, we like Scotty Barnes. We think he's the best prospect on the board. Let's take him. And the only player that was drafted after him that really has potential to be better than him is Franz Wagner. Mm-hmm. So like there's really no, no, like you should just take the guy you like, especially in a weird draft like 2020. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I would argue that Halliburton, has potential to be the best player in that draft. Like, I really do think oh, yeah. he's going to end up being the best. Yeah, have you seen Anthony Edwards play basketball this year? Yeah, I, I just watched <laughs> it against the Sixers the other night. Like, oh, I don't like he... to give up on guys that young, but uh, but no. Ha- I mean, I, I, I think Halliburton's ceiling is higher than people give it uh, credit for. Anyway, for sure. I was screaming at the time they should just draft Halliburton, and I was screaming at the time last, uh, uh, the Kaminga time, that they should just draft Scotty Barnes. So all I'm saying is... Uh, Hire you. Yeah, I just let them, me pick well, your draft picks. Based on I names. Want, I'll do it based want, on name alone. <laughs> I wanted them to trade down and get both Tyrese's from two, if possible. That was wow. my that was my philosophy. That would have been now, incredible. I had maybe watched Fast Seven uh, like a couple <laughs> days before the draft, so <laughs> that might have been influencing me. Uh, anyway, anyway, sorry, uh, Giannis onto the wait. Oh no, hold on, Trill Bro, oh. dude. <laughs> yes. While you're here talking to two Warriors people, do you have any questions about what's going on with them right now? I feel like I have a pretty good feel of what uh, honestly my only question would have been for you guys was do you think they make the trade and your answer was a no. pretty astounding I can no. actually tell you why too so Bob okay. Myers first year as the GM he made a midseason trade he traded Kent Bazemore uh-huh and he got ripped off he traded Kent Bazemore for Steve Blake and Marshawn Brooks and oh, uh, wow. Jordan Crawford um and they were all terrible 
Um, and he has yet to make a like a like the That's Wiggins trade. Well, the Wiggins trade. Like to make and then to, Alec to, Burks and Glenn Robinson the third to the Sixers, <laughs> right? To, well, he he subtracts to get out of the luxury tax sure. in the midseason, but he won't add to uh, pieces on a championship team, right? Man, they also they also could have just signed Kent Bazemore that summer. Yeah, however, it wasn't like you, he. I mean, you he could just, also just sign Hassan Whiteside right now, and he'd probably be much better than James Wiseman. <laughs> I mean, they should just play Jonathan Kaminga as a small or yeah, five, or do that. Honestly. Yeah, well, that I, uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm I kind of think you they have, he's six seven. He's I just, just play a real center, you know. They have they a, they Harrell and Paul Reed. They're both six seven, six eight. <laughs> I mean, they're playing Jonathan Kaminga at the three right now, so which I is feel not like his position. Not, yeah, he's I feel not, like they're um, not ready to play him at five. <laughs> I guess. All right, my only other question he's for you guys: twenty years and, old too, and, and yeah, he's he's extremely young. And also, my thing with Kaminga: the only reason that I would not give up on a prospect that young, especially when you're in the Warrior, even in the Warrior situation, I should say, is because he's only been playing basketball for what, like six or like he hasn't even been playing mm-hmm. basketball since he wasn't raised from the time he was fucking 10 years old playing basketball he's only been playing for like six years i think so i think that you 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 can go long term more on kaminga but i guess the the question that i had for you guys like what's going on with jordan pool i know he's had some recent games where he's looked better but uh he was a guy that i was really high on after last year i guess one of the reasons why they probably are hesitant to trade wiseman and kaminga is because Poole went from being like one of the worst players in the NBA to like mm-hmm. legitimately really good last year. But that also feels like a historical outlier mm-hmm. as opposed to like something that happens fairly regularly. So what's well, going on? Except with it also did kind of happen to them with Kevon Looney too, who was this guy who was yeah. injured for sure. two years that they didn't even pick up their option. And then all of a sudden he's guarding James Harden in the Western conference finals. True. Like they've just been touched by God. Yeah, uh, on a lot of these late picks that seemed like busts, so it's like even harder for them to like give up. Yeah, but the other, um, the other, the other factor, um, and it's why it's like Wiseman or no one is that uh, the salaries don't match. Like they, yeah. they, it has to be Wiseman because Wiseman makes yeah ten million dollars. Because if you trade Jonathan Kaminga. It's not that's yeah. fine, but you're not going to match with anybody, you know, right. like so that's, that's the my idea was like Jonathan Kaminga for PJ Washington, but they probably wouldn't do that because they'd have to pay PJ right away. He's also like you have Kaminga on the rookie deal for two more years at least. And then you say to yourself, well, we, I mean, worst case scenario, we can make him into PJ Washington. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't know, they're going to add somebody for the vacant roster slot. I just don't think that there's. Like I a real market for James Wiseman. Uh, <laughs> he's playing well, Anthony Lamb so much, who is not. It's like it's Juan Toscano Anderson too, where it's just like just play Kaminga. This guy kind of sucks. I get he plays like your Steve Kerr ball, but also. He has no, at least JTA had charm. There's no charm yes. with Anthony Lamb. Off, I was going to say off the court, he's a little bit yeah, nicer. He's a yeah. scumbag. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But the to other, answer he, your question about Jordan Poole, um, what's going on with him is uh, he's good when he starts. 
Uh, so he's got he's got Shake Milton syndrome, which well, is he likes Shake he Milton's likes only good when he's on the court with Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I think I'm oddly like, enough, <laughs> he plays a lot better when Steph Curry's on the court with him. But the, the um, real problem was both Poole and Clay Thompson can't both be shooting 33 percent from the floor. Yeah. Um, and that'll probably even itself out at some point. But yeah, last the, night <laughs> I would just I would also just say that like a simple basketball thing was that they decided to fill 13 of their 15 roster spots because Andre Iguodala is just not going to play this year. And then five of those guys were in their first or second year and are like 21 and under. And it's like, you can have some of those guys if you're trying to defend a championship, but like they got themselves to a situation where if one veteran gets hurt, Suddenly the Which bench Dante is suddenly did. like, oh, I guess like uh, Ty Jerome's playing 20 minutes tonight. Like it's you have to give yourself a little more margin of error. So it's like but also, it's weirdly, weirdly, they're not missing like Otto Porter and Gary Payton as much as they're missing like Damian Lee. Yeah. yeah or you know? like Nemanja Belita. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But also like Steve Kerr Just is like not doing up. himself any favors either where it's like. If he just play through the Moody and Kaminga mistakes now, it will pay off later. Yes, he's doing um, the Lincoln Project code. I yes, mean, it, it is, but they're yes. they're still going to be twenty years old in April. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, but it's they just, both were playing in the in the Western Conference Finals Moody, last year, Moody especially. I think like, his job is I so know, easy just, compared to most young guys. I just think it's. I just think if they had literally one more grown up on the bench you just wouldn't have them just getting shellacked right at the but beginning of what the i'm saying quarter. is they don't and instead he's giving ty jerome and anthony lamb 20 minutes a game like just suck it up and be like okay what like we're probably gonna lose this game anyway but it might win us a game in uh may <laughs> i just i mean i mean basically they've been fine once dante divincenzo was back they're like yeah, what are they yeah, like five and one normal. with him back and it's like it's just because the he was filling a spot that was just being filled by like a teenage intern and now yeah. it's like a grown-up man playing and suddenly it's like oh well we're only getting our ass is kicked a little bit now instead of just giving up a basket every time down the court. And he's a grown up man who can dribble a basketball, pass a basketball and defend, which is like really all you need. And let Jordan Poole not. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan Poole doesn't have to bring up the ball every time too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Can we talk, let's talk about the ladder gate though. That's a big situation. You're trying to talk about ladder gate for 20 minutes now. And you're like, we gotta tell the world about James Blanchard. (laughs) (laughs) Our listeners are like, oh great. Someone had a question about the Warriors. Even though I'm also like, let me tell you something about Patrick O'Brien. Okay. um, Okay. So Giannis, Giannis pulls a Westbrook. Basically, he misses a bunch of free throws. He decides he's going to shoot on the court and try to make 10 in a row. While I think the Sixers are setting up for some fan event where you take pictures on the court. Is that is that what was happening? No, no. So it came out. It came out later that the guy that had the ladder actually didn't even work for Wells Fargo Center. He was 
Um, he was just a, oh, no, he was not just a random guy that got onto the court. He um he worked for ESPN or someone that was there filming, and he was trying to take a camera out of the backboard. Apparently, oh, okay. is what I is what I've been told. Mm-hmm. And so he was. I, I would imagine probably someone who's traveling and trying to go home. And then it became a big incident because Montrez Harrell saw Giannis shooting free throws. And I guess given the guy shit or whatever, that he knocked the ladder over. I don't know. Yeah. So Montrez Harrell takes the ball away from Giannis after he makes seven free throws. Giannis asks for it back. And Montrez says something like, not on my court. Giannis (laughs) goes to the locker room, has to get another basketball. And in that time, uh, the ladder has shown up in the break. And so he moves it out of the way and the guy getting the camera's like, no, I'm going to put this ladder back. And then Giannis pushed the ladder yeah. over. And, uh, and then uh, the Gnosis onto DeCumpo, Giannis's mm-hmm. brother had a confrontation with Harold at midcourt. Um, my question to you is for a guy that always has three pounds of weed on him at all times, <laughs> why is Montres Harold not more relaxed? Well, first off, we, we last year, it's funny because two years ago when we flamed out in the playoffs against the Hawks, mm-hmm. our whole thing was like, we need more hoopers. We need more mm-hmm. guys that have Tyler Hero's brain. And we were like, <laughs> just go get guys who have the goldfish memory. They're like, they'll miss 12 shots in a row, but they're going to take mm-hmm. the 13th. Like we had seen enough of the Ben Simmons experience at that point where we were like, we just need guys who aren't like Maxi came in in game six of the Hawks series famously and like swung the game because he was not afraid to shoot the ball. And then the next year when we lost to Miami, instead of looking at the fact that like we were playing the corpse of DeAndre Jordan for the first two games and Joel Embiid was out, uh-huh. uh, everyone said we need guys who were just yell yell at people more we need more dogs <laughs> <laughs> that was the uh-huh. diagnosis from everyone that we needed uh moving forward so we went out we got pj tucker we got montrez harrell we got uh d'anthony melton we got guys who mm-hmm. are daniel house you know yeah, considered you know. a famous dog i uh, mean <laughs> in well, if you're a covid maybe. tester <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah did she can she test oh, whether somebody don't. has that dog in them? <laughs> well she found out no but um so uh so yeah so they go out and they get all them um, the Montrez uh thing is so funny because he really epitomizes everything that philly loves about guys but he's like also not very good so it's mm-hmm. like it's kind of hard when like Everyone loves when like Jimmy Butler came here and was like that. Everyone was like, oh, this guy's incredible. We love him. But with Montrez, he's kind of just like angry and in everyone's face, but like sucks 50% of the time. So it's kind of hard to get behind. (laughs) It's really too bad uh, Marco Bellinelli was too old and could only really do that one year for you guys. Because that's the kind of he's like. He's like Italian uh, dog. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> speaking of like uh, Tyler Hero goldfish brain, he has like yeah. he's like proto 100%. that like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he'll shoot or, I guess he's and like and also not defend at all <laughs> to use Italian to use Italian uh, menu terms. Uh, Tyler Hero is like secundi Bellinelli. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that's why. Uh, my takeaway, though, on mattress on uh, mattress gate on ladder gate, 
is this is just more proof that the the backboard cameramen need to unionize because as someone who's worked on lots of productions, uh, the Teamsters would just be like, yeah, sure, go ahead and shoot, Giannis. Yeah. We're getting yeah. time and a half. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Actually, it's a great point. Yeah, that'd be like, yeah. yeah, it's time for my smoke break anyway. Yeah. And the guy's like, you already took your five. He's like, I picked my 20. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, my, my conclusion is that Giannis is an enemy of the working class, and that's that is what it is. You know? uh-huh. well, he's gonna fight gritty the next time they're in town. <laughs> um, who do you consider the Sixers like like most hated rival? Because uh, it, well, it, it you go ahead. Sorry, my, I have a personal one. I hate mm-hmm. the Miami Heat more than any team in the NBA. Personally, mm-hmm. I just think that they're I, like I hate. Uh, on, I guess you would say the Celtics, but like mm-hmm. the Celtics kind of just kick our ass now. It's not really like, like we don't really put up much of a fight against the Celtics, except for like, there was that two year period where they were kind of like uh, in like a transitional period and we kicked their ass. Yeah. When we won, weird like, Celtics Twitter would uh, make the Ben Simmons uh, uh, photoshops. Him yeah, yeah, up yeah, zero. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when uh, yeah, now one of them co-hosts the podcast with me. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, I they'll guess turn on you. Be careful. Oh, Those no, guys I thought were my friends. I made a I made a joke one time about trading for draft picks, and they were all yelling at me in the mentions. Oh, wow. <laughs> They're psychos, dude. Yeah, Northeast fan is not is not normal. Anyone from the Northeast should not be able to have opinions on sports. Uh, <laughs> I was like, be careful, Sam Presti. You've got all these draft picks now, but all you're going to do is draft Romeo Langford and RJ Hunter. And they were like, hey, what about Jalen Brown? And I was like, it's a joke. Uh, I play yeah. Apex Legends with like five of you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's the best apex legends player on weird celtics twitter do you, can you tell oh it's probably uh it might be zach okay but it also might be brett yeah okay. <laughs> it might be jack i don't know it's a lot they're all good they're all better than me jack is the, is the originator of, yeah. of the of the uh, honestly giving Ben Simmons imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was he was definitely a precursor to that at least. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, but no, I, I would say our biggest rival. I I don't really think we have one. I guess the Nets, but like the Nets are going to kick our ass tomorrow because we have no no players right now. But I always say like it's kind of like like I we always beat the Knicks. The Celtics always beat us. Uh, I guess the Nets are the closest thing, but like the Nets and the Sixers it, fans, like we kind of have a common bond over the fact that the Celtics just kick our ass all the time. Mm-hmm. So, and like the Bucks, the Bucks don't really, <clears throat> they don't consider us rivals, even though we've played them pretty well when we're fully healthy because they've like won a title and been to conference finals and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I personally just hate the Miami heat. The Jimmy Butler thing really took it up another level because it was just like, of course he goes there and looks fucking incredible. Gets to the finals conference finals beats us in the playoffs, uh, all that shit. So my personal, I, I just hate the whole heat culture thing. I I think that all, uh, I think they're, uh, you want to talk about like, I think a lot of guys are Steph merchants. I think they're all Spo merchants, mm-hmm. uh, not, yeah. not Jimmy, but every, 
everyone else is yeah. a spo merchant. Like there's a uh-huh. reason why guys are incredible in Miami and they go elsewhere and they suck. And yeah, like uh, Josh Richardson. Or PJ Tucker. Yeah, it's kind of it's. What I love is that Miami always unearths these guys. Like it's always like four or five undrafted guys a year, and suddenly this guy's shooting forty percent for three. And Spo's like, yeah, you know, we got a we got a good system here. And Pat Riley's like, we need to lock this guy up for four years and a hundred million dollars. Duncan Robinson, baby. And then, he, and then he's just gonna get passed by a different G leaguer with a name that sounds like like the replacement for a guy that didn't sign the license. You know, like in a they have some guy whose name is like. Harrison Hendricks or something. Haywood Highsmith, dude. Haywood yeah. Highsmith. Former <laughs> Sixer. He was our two-way guy for like three years. Oh, that's my I God. Yeah. That's when I knew we were wasting our two-way spots when I was like, this guy is not an NBA player. And he's on Miami now, and he's still terrible. So I was like, I know this guy's not <laughs> We joked on the we had, we had a we had an episode where we just did a random name generator at for and we just picked the whitest sounding ones and we were like this so we came up with Kester Simon is someone who's gonna <laughs> Miami at some point this, this season. <laughs> Kester Simon, he's 6'11, but he's a shooting guard. Uh, he's pretty yeah, yeah. weak, but he can make a corner three. Hey, you but know, he, here's the problem with Kester Simon. Guy. Kester Simon sounds like a uh, like <laughs> a blonde, like married TikToker who then it turns out they were secretly Polly. Yeah. <laughs> and all this stuff is like tips for a healthy marriage, bro. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of it was the woman. Uh, oh, well, you think Kester Simon's? Okay, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was thinking of like one they of the, find okay. her secret Pinterest, and it's like all the different. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, so I've thought of the city of Philadelphia as honestly having more individual enemies than like teams and organizations. Yeah. Like it's yeah, people. It's true. Yeah, it's ben like Simmons. it's JD Drew, Ben Simmons. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's Carson a Wentz. Carson Wentz for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there uh, are a lot of they're ba- basically I people come here and they get broken mentally. Is, <laughs> is, is, is like not just sports players. Like people just come here and get broken mentally. But if you're on a uh, national stage, the team will absolutely despise you if you if you suck for the team. Mm-hmm. And that's what Wentz and Simmons did. It made me think Bryce Harper was a lot tougher than I had before. When I'm like, he's thriving here. This is well, crazy. He he kind of has baseball hooper brain, I say, where like, uh-huh. I, I guess Kyle Schwarber is probably the better example on the Phillies of someone that's just like strike out or home run. Like, <laughs> but, um, but th- he has the, he has that kind of goldfish brain where he can just forget everything. He doesn't let anything phase him. Bryce Harper. Uh-huh. I don't think that he, it's even necessarily a toughness. I think he's just like, I made the most money ever. I'm awesome. And I'm going to go out there and play. And uh-huh. yeah, he kicks ass doing it. Okay, if Daryl Morey were to write another musical mm-hmm. based on his time in Philadelphia, do you have any any sense of like what what kind of plot? So, as yeah. you know, when he was with I, the Rockets, he made Small Ball um, <laughs> about a race of very small people who meets not Michael Jordan named do I Michael still Jordan. Have that song? Hold on, let me check. <laughs> um. Yep, I do. Hold on, one second. Let's go. Uh, have you heard the song before? I don't know if I have. Oh well, you're you're in for it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't understand that on any level. It feels deep. When you say it, I get excited. 
by something, by the mystery of it, I guess. It's exciting to hear about something that on first blush makes no sense at all. Okay, good. But not all mystery ends up being rewarding. Right? You can walk into the ancient cave or unlock the rune-inscribed chest and just find rocks or a moth or nothing. What's your point? That His Highness is proposing to run a team on mystery. Oh my god, just wait, dude. That is ungraspable by anyone but you. Our numbers, lady. Look. You're Hortense the elephant. You're all about that thing that we commoners just can't get, can't see. But what if we can't? Not because it's not real, but it because takes so long to it's get to the actually <laughs> inconsequential. The people on that elephant's dust speck. So what if they were there? Was there any chance for meaningful exchange between that dust speck world and the non-speck world? We're here. We Lilliputians, we we folk, but what is our meaning to them? Do we want to have meaning to them? Become part of their world, become friends, lovers, sleep with them here on this beach. No, we don't want that. Do we want to have sex with giants, even as a kind of lark? Not saying I'm against the alliance. He wants to fuck Joel Embiid. That's what that musical is about. Let's go. I, I I do find I I do find it it is very ironic that uh, Daryl Morey has has fetishized small ball so much, and then he gets destroyed in Houston by the team of Steph Curry that's running Steph, small ball, and then also they're based out of the Bay Area, and he's like a big crypto like uh-huh. like tech mm-hmm. guy. Man, he probably yep. lost a lot of money in the past month or so. I would imagine, yeah, a ton. That's it's funny you said when you were like, is there an idea of something that you could do for a musical? And I think it would definitely have something around NFTs, I would imagine. His, <laughs> his time here has his time here has been defined by overvaluing players until mm-hmm. they have no value anymore, like Ben Simmons Matisse Thibel and these guys who had value in 2020, 2021, and now they have zero value. So it's very similar to the NFT thing. Yeah, hey, so I have an idea. Interested it's... in James Wiseman for Matisse Thibel? <laughs> How about this? Um... <laughs> he loves giants. So will it ever pay off, or is it just an NFTs? <laughs> All right, we're, we'll talk to Daryl more about that. I Once think. again, Daryl, if you're listening, please come on Round Ball Rock. We will talk to you only about musicals. I promise there will be no basketball questions whatsoever. Uh-huh. We just want to know about your favorite yeah. uh, musicals. Sean knows yeah. about musicals. I'm just guys, along for the ride. You guys just want to hear what sounds like a Bo Burnham song, but without any sense of mm-hmm. irony. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Look, the main question I want to ask him, if he has a metric that's like uh performer above Potankin, 
where it's like oh, Mandy yeah, yeah. Katankin is like the baseline. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Or like the five greatest seasons of an actor's uh, Broadway seasons in an actor's uh-huh. career. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. Oh, uh, I wanted to read this. Oh, when this are they going to of... fire Doc Rivers? That's one question yeah. I really want to ask. <laughs> Trill bro, dude. Uh, I mean, I, I would have said three weeks ago, I would have said... Joel Embiid saved his job, unfortunately. Well, and Harden's yeah. injury, too. Yeah. Harden's injury, Maxi's injury, uh, Tobias is also out right now. Embiid is also hurt now, too. Yeah. Embiid is hurt That's the next two games. games. Yeah. I mean, he, he honestly, I think they should have fired him for leaving Embiid in that game last game. He fucked his ankle up in the fourth quarter, and they were just like, well, we have no shot without you. Uh, so they, they let him play through that, which was great. Um, but I, I mean, I think that it's, he's going to last through the season now. Like, I just think between the injuries and the fact that like when the team has looked somewhat normal, they've been fine. Like in B, like I, I actually, and I've been someone who thinks doc should have been fired since the Hawks series. Like, I think he's a terrible playoff coach, but I also said like through two games, I was like, well, Joel Embiid is playing terribly. Like, if Joel Embiid plays terribly, yeah. the Sixers aren't winning anything with any coach. So I don't really know. And then they lost to the Spurs in the third game, and I was like, "All right, this is getting a bit out of hand. <laughs> like, 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 this is this is a bit much for me." Uh, and and since then, there have been at least uh, there's been progress. Like Embiid, Embiid looking much better just makes everything look better. But uh, there's been progress. I still don't think they're contenders. Uh, so, and I also think that like when you're a GM of a team, you have to have some sort of cushion that protects you from getting fired. And Doc is that for Maury. Right. So like if yeah. he fires Doc and then the team sucks again, he's on the hot seat. So I think he's going to keep Maury or he's going to keep uh, Doc for the rest of the year, probably try to trade Tobias after this season when his contract is expiring. And then that's kind of like, the the bullet oh you've fired all the bullets in your chamber if you don't mm-hmm. win then you're, you're the one that's on the hot seat so yeah. I, I think he's gonna last throughout the the rest of the season you don't think firing elton brand would be a sacrifice to appease the fans <laughs> with all that elton brand does for the organization i mean look you gotta keep you gotta keep him around for vibes i know that he <laughs> destroyed the team with one single off season <laughs> but, but you gotta keep those vibes around you know he's a good guy <laughs> uh okay so i want to i want to just talk about this one team i don't think we, well okay we gotta you talk, talk about, about team beam right yeah i do i do uh <laughs> oh, yeah. so i want to talk about a team that's uh, made made some some great contributions to the Philadelphia 76ers over the years. Uh, gave them Chris Weber, um, <laughs> uh, uh, laid the foundation, gave them the ammo to get Markel Fultz, mm-hmm. um, and trade the pick for Jason Tatum. Yeah, well, for yes. the Celtics, so the Celtics could get Jason yeah. Tatum at three, yeah. and yeah. also yeah. Romeo Langford. <laughs> oh, thank God. Uh. It's the Sacramento Kings. They have won six in a row. It's their longest win streak since 2005. Team Beam, they, baby. Yeah, they are. The Team Beam, do you know who coined the term Team Beam, Joey? No. Uh, Kevin Herter. Yep. <laughs> of course he did. It was, It ruled. So Dude, he ruled. <laughs> there's no reason Kevin Herter should be on the Sacramento Kings. The Hawks I love are, Kevin Herter. It, me too. Yeah. Did, like, there was no reason to give him away. Like, you're nope. going all in. Like I'm also yeah, thinking, like, <laughs> No other team like thought this guy was good on like a cheap contract. He only had to give up like a protected first round pick for. It's anyway. crazy. He would have been amazing on the Sixers. I don't whatever. He would have been amazing. You know what other team would have been amazing on the Atlanta Hawks? They could. Yes, they need him. 
<laughs> yeah. The uh, Hawks, by the way, just as an aside, uh, apparently trading John Collins again. Just oh, oh I've heard. Just, uh, like, yeah. just yeah. Just trade him. <laughs> Do well, it or opening, don't. They're, they're opening up discussions, which they've been doing since 2019. <laughs> they haven't broken him completely yet. They put him on the trading block for nine months and then signed him to like a five-year contract and then immediately put him on the trading block again. I just well, don't well, understand. Well, just trade him for Miles, Te- uh, Miles Teller. Turner. Turner straight up. Just put us all out of our misery. Whatever, yeah, whatever. Just do something. <laughs> yeah. No, well, they we lost Jeremy Grant from the Mount Rushmore of guys who mm-hmm. never get traded. Yeah. <laughs> but they're always on the trade block, so yeah. we, needed a new, we, we needed John Collins rumors back. If I hear another Miles Turner rumor, I will actually lose my mind, though. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so... Anyway, okay. back to Team Beam. So the Kings um, started the season 0-4, and then they uh, debuted the Victory Beam, which is a giant purple beam that's actually four different giant lasers that is just pointed at outer space uh, when they win. And since they started lighting it, they're 9-2, and two, and the only two games they've lost have been in games where... Tyler Hero traveled before mm-hmm. a game-winning three, and, and Clay, Clay Thompson, Thompson fouled, Kevin Herter, fouled like, Kevin Herter like three different times <laughs> on one play. And the NBA afterwards was like, yep, blew that. And so <laughs> aside from that, they would be 11-0 and in the beam era. And I, wow. know it, I know it just would have forced overtime, but it's amazing. And the crowd immediately adopted it. The team, like – they're posting all this fan beam art on social mm-hmm. media. The fans just chant light the beam, light the beam when they're ahead at the end of games. And like uh, Terrence Davis lit the beam once and he looked like he was emotionally overwhelmed by it. Mike Brown almost started to cry describing how cool it was. <laughs> it's amazing. Here's, uh, here's uh, what they need, though, Sean. Yeah. Two things. Uh-huh. They need to get a beam on the ziggurat, too. Oh, that would be so, so tight. They can, the whole city is beamed up, you know? Yeah, they beam, they uh, like, the, the beams meet. Yeah. Okay, so, Trill Bro, dude. <laughs> Going off a you beam. You probably don't know what the ziggurat is. It's uh-huh. this weird pyramid. Do you know what in, a ziggurat is? Yeah, do you know what a ziggurat is? <laughs> no, I've never heard it's of the a, term. It's a Sumerian-style pyramid. It's a Sumerian pyramid. pyramid. They have one of those in Sacramento for some yeah. reason. They got to um, put a beam on top of that. Yeah. Uh, you, so you they go can across just double the river. Beam. Yeah. Like the Death it. Star. Cool. Yeah. It yeah. is a striking piece of architecture, <laughs> I will say. Uh, it was designed by an architect to resemble, resemble ancient Mesopotamian buildings. Uh, do you know who built it originally, Joey? It was the, the money Sumerians? store. The money store. The money store. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Look, a lot of Sacramento's economy seems to be based on like payday loans. I mean, it's the, they're they're sponsored by a credit union, uh, but also I think the guy went broke really quickly, and so they had this giant abandoned um, ziggurat, and so uh, this this very boring state government office has been occupying it for 20 years it's the california department of general services and what it is it's the government agency that supports all the other government agencies it's so boring and the building is so exciting um mm-hmm. all right but that's uh, it's the men in well, the, black that's a secret yeah. that's not a real government that's that's the yeah, men yeah. in black yeah. um 
Oh, the one other more, thing, one... the third thing they need yeah. to do, though. Oh, yeah. They got to get Greta Gerwig in town to light that beam. Ooh, Greta Gerwig lighting the beam would be good. Yeah. And Sasha Gray. Those are the two right. biggest Sacramento celebrities. Well, Die and... from Incubus, maybe? Uh, no, it's not in- Incubus. It's... it's not Incubus. It's uh, the Deftones. Right, but don't aren't, aren't Tones, isn't Incubus wow. also from there? I don't That's, think I think Incubus is SoCal. Um, oh, okay. Uh, but also more importantly, Papa Roach, Papa Roach, Papa too. Roach, yeah, and Cake. You got to get Cake to light the beam. Uh, They're not Tesla? doing anything. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately, I looked it up. Incubus is from Calabasas. Yeah, oh, I knew yeah, it. Yeah, they're yeah. they're uh, SoCal yeah. as fuck. Yeah, um, you're, you're you're right. Sorry. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, the guy from Cake doing it. What if he's like, I'm taking my hat off to light the beam, and everyone's like, Whoa! What if he's like, The bucket hat came off? No, he's going. He, he you got to get him to go. I'm going the distance. I'm lighting the, <laughs> the beam. beam. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just need, I, I need a bunch of rappers to to rap about this, like yeah. going off a beam. Yeah. Uh, go, go, gonna light the beam. Who's the biggest Sacramento rapper? Murs. I was gonna say there's got there's there's got to be at least one. Why are there so many musicians from Sacramento? I mean, it feels like everyone you've listed is. From I mean, it's a Papa Roach cake. That, that's a <laughs> I lot. mean, I think actually Papa Roach is from a suburb of Sacramento, but uh, oh, so they're frauds. I mean, they, they, I mean, I think they probably claim Sacramento, but okay. So there's Brother Lynch. <laughs> see, I'm from, from the Philadelphia Sacramento. Suburbs, I get it. Mozzie. You know, there are Mar-Mar a lot also. of actors from Sacramento. Mozzie's... And actually, um, yeah, Mozzie's good. What's her name is from there? Uh, it's from Elk Grove. It's um, uh, the Doja Cat is from Elk Grove. They got to get Sam Elliott to light that beam. Oh, yeah. 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 Brie uh, Larson, oh, Greta Gerwig, Jessica Chastain. A lot of a lot of uh, hot, a lot of good actresses from Sacramento. From Sacramento. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like it. Uh, okay, so the other get Adrian Barbeau to light the beam. Anyway, sorry, Sean, so keep going. There's there's one more uh, superstition that they've adopted, which is um, Malik Monk got his face scratched mm-hmm. in the yep. Kevin Herter foul game, and he had a band aid on his cheek. But mm-hmm. they started playing a lot better when he put the Band-Aid on, and he's just been wearing the Band-Aid Nelly-style since. I was going to say, yeah. But they've yeah. won six games in a row, so he can't take it off, even though De'Aaron Fox basically makes fun of it every day and then is like, oh, I hate that, I hate that. Oh, you got to keep wearing it, but I hate it. <laughs> so it's pretty early for a team to have two crazy superstitions going through the team for for – Beam team, team beam. Uh, Joey, my question is: Do you believe in the Sacramento Kings? Will they light the beam? I mean, what does count? What is what counts as believing? I'm going to say that they are a top eight team. Not mm. just that they make the plan, but they, you know, they they get to host a playoff game, even if it's one playoff game. They got they got to have a playoff game Play at in. the Golden One Center, but they, it only has to be one. So if they if they come in eight and they they lose to seven and lose to nine or whatever, fine. Well, who else is like the top? The, the West is so weird because it is like weirdly deep, but there are a ton of mid teams so far this mm-hmm. year. Yeah, like where you're just like mm, they're not like I mean like even the even the Lakers aren't that far out. I'll uh, tell you what. Yeah. First off, by the way, 
Um, the best rappers from Sacramento are Black Alicious. Um, They're from Sacramento? Uh, according to Wikipedia, they are. Wow. Huh. Um, but. All right. Yeah. If they get Kevin seconds to light that beam, I'll believe in them. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, that's that's look, that's the that's the uh, or El Jefe. If they get El Jefe to light that beam, <laughs> I need some real shitty punk rockers to light this beam before uh-huh. I believe in them. Yeah, okay. but, yeah I think yeah. that's fair. The cramps. Yeah, the cramps are from Sacramento. This is wild. Anyway, um, <laughs> keep going, Sean. OK, um, do you believe in the Sacramento Kings? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I think the offense is just really good. Like yeah, it's their uh, offense is good. And um because like their defense is gonna suck, but they rebound decently. And so that's gonna make it like not a total uh turnstile. Or even if it is a turnstile, like I think they're just gonna be able to outscore a lot of teams. Okay, Sean, if they got Lee Greenwood to light the beam. Would yeah, that, you believe re- in them more or less? I think it would be less. But if he if he came out with a song about the beam, that would flip it for me. <laughs> All right, Trill Bro, dude, do you believe in the Sacramento Kings and the? Beam? I believe that they they will be a top eight team in the West. Mm-hmm. I I was wrong on them coming into the season. I was kind of of the mindset that I was like, there's no way that their def- their defense is going to be anything but absolute dog mm-hmm. shit and. Turns out that you can just outscore teams when you have literally everyone in your rotation is like a plus on offense. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I believe as as far as I think that they'll be a top eight seed. Do I? It, it's it's so tough to say whether they're actually going to make the playoffs though, because the play in like with injuries and shit, like you could have the Warriors in there and like, I wouldn't take them over the Warriors. You could have the Nuggets or not the Nuggets. The Nuggets are probably too good right now i think covid mm-hmm. uh just hit Jokic, and that's why he's out but like you could have i don't know the grizzlies or the pelicans like a really good team so i think they're gonna make the play in uh i don't know if I, I i was definitely too low on them coming into the season i had the blazers and the lakers over them and uh the blazers one looks good but the lakers one looks really bad right now so mm-hmm. so yeah I, I definitely underestimated how good their offense was gonna be now what if they got um, Tobias Harris, future nope. king. No, no, here we go. Oh, what if man. they got these guys are apparently from Sacramento? Oh, to light the beams, <laughs> the Jabberwockies to light the beam. What would you believe in them more or less? I mean, it would I go just, through the roof. I, okay, you know how like there's like this conspiracy about like how every uh sports media guys from Boston. Mm-hmm. Why does Sac? How many people live in Sacramento? It's a pretty, it's, it's a pretty big city. Like you I mean, just named like thirty somewhat celebrities. <laughs> like, like, like that feels like a lot for Sacramento, California. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, there's a college. There's about five hundred thousand people that live in Sacramento. Okay, that's actually pretty big. I mean, like, it's not that big. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, San Jose is over a million people, right? Like that. Mm-hmm. I know that's oh, it's not as area. many as. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's weird because it's it's very rural. So it is yeah. kind of like it doesn't have a big metro area or anything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. For 500,000 people, you just named like way too many celebrities. I don't like, like, I feel like Allentown, Pennsylvania has that they have, many people. 
Okay, what about Eric Lynch, a member of the Whack Pack? He's from Sacramento. <laughs> Wait, Eric is? Uh-huh. Eric, Eric the, uh, the, the little person. Uh, you know, from oh, the, uh, the Whack Pack. They're um, the 30, it's the 35th <laughs> biggest, most populous city in the country. It has slightly fewer people than Fresno. That's surprising to me. It's it's kind of like you're close uh, to like Milwaukee's population. It's it's like the Delco having all the referees that just rig games. Like it just doesn't make sense in my brain that Sacramento has so many celebrities. I think I can. I think I found the person that if they lit the beam, we all have decided we would all have to bet on them to win the championship. Okay. He was raised in Sacramento. Jeffrey Epstein, oh, no. Jordy LaForge himself, oh, LeVar Burton. If he likes the beam, Jeopardy. if he likes that beam, oof, okay, the he's like an trouble. actually famous person, though. What, <laughs> what if he wore the Chitty Star wear Trek? The, yeah, the is, LaForge yeah. visor. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm putting everything on the Kings if, if he does that. <laughs> I like this. I like this. Um, Okay, do you want to talk about Black Israelites at the end, Uh I guess we have to. We've teased it several times. Um, I mean, there's not much to say. It's bad. <laughs> so it's... Um, so I'm just going to... I want to talk about this from the perspective of uh, NBA Players Twitter. Association Vice President Jalen Brown, Brown. Yes. Um, who so far has really gone to bat for his good friend uh Kyrie Kanye Irving. West? Oh, Kyrie Irving the other <laughs> yeah, one. He also yeah. did not leave yeah, Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow he was with Donda Donda Sports marketing department uh because he liked this um weird unaccredited school that Kanye started uh which it's for the kids. I mean, I don't I don't know enough about that but it's like Anytime that your child's going to attend a school and you have to sign like a 10 page non-disclosure agreement, Mm -hmm. that's a bad sign. Um, Anyway, uh, he stuck with Donda Sports uh, (laughs) and uh, didn't think it was a big deal what Kanye was doing. And then eventually got uh, I I assume that his real agents forced him to uh, sever ties. (laughs) Uh, he's been going to bed for Kyrie Irving. And last night there was a group of uh, black Israelites. Uh, I don't think they were going to the game. They were just they were standing just outside, outside Barclays yeah. in support of Kyrie um, Irving's anti-Semitism. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know a lot about this group, but I mean, I do say- know that they used to stand outside the BART station and yell at people on Market Street. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they they it's the belief is that they're the descendants of the ancient israelites um it's a lot have of you listen, have you listened to damn by kendrick lamar it's like all in there <laughs> <laughs> the album it's the entire album is like the narrative uh-huh. oh he's from sacramento no, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's from compton i know that <laughs> I don't think we really need to go over the anyway, beliefs they're, they're, of the black basi- Israelites, Sean. They're, they're ba- basically, they're just a hate group, and a guy who was the Grand Wizard of the Klan is like, yeah, they're like the Black Klan. We love them. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, two people tweeted in support of this. Uh-huh. Um, 
Jalen Brown tweeted that he energy. Energy. He liked <laughs> the energy from the Black just, Israelites. He was just tweeting outside. his favorite Drake song, just randomly. <laughs> and I did not. Isaiah Thomas also <laughs> tweeted something positive. Not the, sh- not the shortest one. The, sh- no, the, no, the no, taller no. of the two short Slightly ones. taller. Yeah, the yeah. one that's <laughs> the older one that Michael Jordan hates. Yeah. 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 The one the who, one who the, one that used, who, the one that used to kiss a, Magic Johnson on the mouth. The mouth yeah. Uh, he demanded a public apology from Michael Jordan, uh, which, you know, I mean, whatever. Um, after the last dance uh, anyway he tweeted something that I actually couldn't find because he deleted his entire Twitter afterwards you know it was good. I, I will say he should not have had a Twitter in the Ever. first place yeah. or like the law should have been those DMs are closed nothing in nothing out from that guy he has a track record yeah um, Agreed. And Jalen Brown's excuse was that he thought they were members of an African-American fraternity, which the Omegas. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's true, Joey. No. And I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and say he didn't think it was a frat going out to support Kyrie. Yeah, no, uh, as, as we said on Twitter, um, you know, it was just I, a bunch of L- LSU alums there to support Ben Simmons and Camp Thomas. I don't know. Here's the thing. Jalen Brown is, I don't like calling people this, but not, Jalen Brown doesn't think very much. He's like, he tricks people <laughs> in, because he's like, he talks a lot uh-huh. and he's like, like, uh, he uses like, he's like very clear in the way he speaks, but, um. What he says rarely makes any sense. <laughs> I would I would also say I think I think it is it is fair to say at this point that Jalen Brown has a big problem with Jewish people. Yeah. Well, like I don't I don't yeah. think you can dispute that at this point. Mm-hmm. Like No, he's defended no no not only did he defend this but he apparently also I I know this because he was on the Eagles at the time when Deshaun Jackson had tweeted something negatively oh, about yeah, Jewish yeah, yeah. people. Yeah, and he came out in uh, I believe it was Stephen Jackson, uh, formerly of the Warriors, mm-hmm. and uh, Deshaun Jackson, who had both said bad things. That Jalen Brown came out in support of them then as well. well here's Great the, stuff for the here, Celtics. The one thing, the one place I'll give Jalen Brown a little bit of leeway is as a union representative. I do sort of understand being wary of what the Nets sort of asked of Kyrie, like, because it's like very nebulous. It's not in the CBA. Like they have to be like, you can't just send a guy home with a list of homework, like but, on a regular basis. This is an outside thing, but they're like, I understand a, not this wanting this to be a precedent. <laughs> I would also just say, this is something where a different guy from the players association should have yeah, stood up. For yeah. This yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> Uh, you might have gotten the wrong idea from Jalen Brown's public behavior for the past year or so. Well, look, when when your former coworker who ruined your team says something, you got to come out and support him, you know? Mm-hmm. Wait, Tried he to worked with Kanye West? From within. <laughs> 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 they had a, he had a relationship with both of them, apparently. 
Yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy. He's the only one that like completely spans that and is like best friends with both. Uh, it's like it. a crazy move. <laughs> I mean, it's like the only other person with that kind of just like transcendent reach towards evil in different areas was uh, the late great Jeffrey Epstein. And <laughs> well, I just I just need to know you guys are. You guys are in the Bay Area, right? What's going on at, at Berkeley that Jalen Sean Brown is there. coming out of? <laughs> oh, the the it's a, a graduate student strike, I think, or is it? Oh no, it's a. Oh no, no, no! I meant because of Jalen Brown. <laughs> oh, oh! I mean, everything, everything's going on in Berkeley. I was there, so I was. I'm a. I I was working. I think I've said this on the podcast before. Um, in 2001, I was working in the clock tower. They have a big tower, the Campanile, and uh, they closed it after 9-11 because uh, they were worried it would be a terrorist target, despite uh, Berkeley probably being like the most sympathetic city to Al-Qaeda in the United States, probably <laughs> at that time where people were like, well, you know, capitalism, like kind of asking for it. Imperial- um, yeah, yeah, no, no. You get. I had a, I actually had a, speaking of Sacramento, I had a Kings fan DM me and say that the Tyrese Halliburton trade reminded him, uh, he said, you have to look at it through the perspective of an American, like a woke American after 9-11. Because <laughs> like, like someone who was like aware of American imperialism and intervention, and uh-huh. you're like, they kind of did it to themselves. Like at first you feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's, um, I have no idea how Jalen Brown actually ended up at berkeley though i mean he was there for a year but like he was way too good a recruit to go there and it just like he wanted to it's learn not your typical one and done place just because they're they're like not good enough at recruiting to do that you know yeah there must have been um, some sort of relationship but you know he's like he definitely he's he, you know the thing he has that's in common with Kyrie is he's one of those guys who's like yeah, I believe everything I read, <laughs> but also I don't really read, but I believe every video I watch, you know, like that's yes. kind of like, like he's always had these different diets and he would, he would fast for Ramadan. And then people would say like, so you're a Muslim, you're fasting this entire month. And he'd be like, I don't know. I don't like to put labels on things, dude. And it's like, well, are you, what do you, what do you label it when you're praying on that mat right now? You know, he's like, I don't know. I believe every religion. And that's what, that's Kyrie's official position is I believe every religion and every philosophy, mm-hmm. which is, Amazing. I don't know. It's like, it's like, well, none of them are contradicting sort of, yeah. <laughs> what I mean, because it's like, is he, is he into Zeus? Like, is that, does that count? Can I, Zeus, are Zeus and Poseidon involved in his can, can I read you the first sentence under college career of Jalen Brown's Wikipedia? Yes, yes, yes. Brown took a master's level class in Berkeley's cultural studies of sport and education program during his first semester in college. He also gained some fluency in Spanish, stating a goal of learning three more languages by the age of 25. Yeah, I don't think he did that. Joey. Someone should ask him. <laughs> Some fluency in Spanish. So he took a Spanish class, which you know is like if you if you're taking Spanish classes, it is like an hour a day every yeah. day. You have to go to class every day. It's intense, but. I'm not sure if I would call that some fluency. Because <laughs> he still lived in Berkeley, where gotta say, not a lot of uh, just casual Spanish immersion 
going on in that city. A master's level class in Berkeley's cultural studies of sport in education program. That's yeah. what he well, took. I, I think a that's master's a... level in playing basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that might be the Harry Edwards class. I I don't know what that means, Sean. Yeah, uh, Harry <laughs> Edwards is a Berkeley professor who was really active in the civil rights movement. He like the 49ers had him on retainer, which mm-hmm. was like, look, we're didn't listen to we're anything pretty sure so, we're pretty sure Bill Romanowski is going to say something racist. Uh, Let's just get this guy available to talk to you. So he had some interest. I mean, it's like a really fun professor to have. He's really old now, though. Um, anyway, he's a uh, Dr. Harry Edwards. Mm-hmm. Um you you would you would know him. He's in a lot of sports documentaries. He has a big beard and he's bald and he's a tall dude. I think he talked to he was one of the dudes that uh, talked to the Mexico City sprinters in the Olympics mm. before they did their protest. Anyway, um, if you're Isaiah yeah. Thomas's age, delete your Twitter account. Yeah, just, um, what are you yeah. doing, Isaiah? <laughs> no. Absolutely. No one likes not. you. <laughs> no one likes you, Isaiah. Um and. Is that our episode? I think that's our episode. That's the main theme that I wanted to get across is no one likes Isaiah Thomas. I like that we've had a lot of animals make cameos. Yeah, I'm holding my cat back right now. He's like, I have a really, it's blurry, but I have a really gigantic uh, Bernadoodle behind me named Snuggles Muffin that I'm Um, taking care of right now. Trillbro, dude. (laughs) Do your plug. Plug your stuff. Uh, (laughs) Plug your shit, bro. All right, you can uh, you can follow the You Know Ball podcast on you know wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We we do uh, oh, that Spotify money. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're getting signed by the Ringer soon. Um, uh, we're getting signed by Alibaba. Oh, that Alibaba money. Oh, I, I did I did thirty minutes on uh, Bob Iger leaving Disney today on my podcast. <laughs> uh, coming back to Disney. Coming back. Coming back. Yeah, my my apologies to the Iger family. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So follow my podcast on those platforms. You can follow me on Twitter, which is going to go down soon. <laughs> At Trill Bro Dude, and uh, yeah, follow us on YouTube mainly because we're growing our following on there. And then if you like the stuff, sign up for the Patreon. Love All it. Right. Um. I believe we should ban the DH, long putters, extra points, the NIT, and pickoff throws. You really want to know what I believe? I believe in the four-point line. I believe soup is the perfect food. I- soup uh, is the perfect food. <laughs> Sean, <clears throat> uh, what would you like to plug? Uh, I will be at the recently reopened Throckmorton Theater in beautiful Mill Valley, California on Tuesday, uh, the 29th. Of November, that should be fun. I will be doing thirty minutes on Bob Eiler uh, returning to the hot topic he mm-hmm. used to manage. Bob Eiler is, of course, uh, AJ Soprano from The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Robert Eiler, show. who's friends. Yeah, uh, Golden State Mind, Yard Barker, and Giants Insider are the places my writing appears. Uh, as for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at uh, Frankie Muniz. We're on twelve two twenty fourteen. I tweeted. I have about four dreams a week that I get shot in. Last night, I could actually feel the burn of the bullets as they entered my chest and heart. Uh, trust the process. Trust the process. And, Great. Uh, shut it down. Um, if you're Isaiah Thomas and you tweet, this is what happens. <laughs> if you want Both me to be of honest, them, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> but if you're Isaiah Thomas and you tweet, this is what happens. If you want me to be honest with you, I still don't know how much the world may think it blew up. Sparked by the leak of the video, the incident did blow up. It went viral. Josh Harris. I don't know what Elton Brand is gonna do. Not sure Tobias believes Ubuntu. Won't lose free agents no matter where they roam. He'll 
Baby Kid Ben Simmons and his home I want to know Did Mike Scott date Kelly? Shake Milton's going away Take me to Doc Rivers Oh, come on, you got to drop me in the playoffs Oh, got to take me to Doc Rivers Know the clips were having layoffs in the first round, in the first round. You know what? You know who else wore a really big suit? Brian Colangelo. I mean, a perfectly normal suit with a normal collar. Hey, do you think Doc will make the conference finals? Ah, uh, nah, 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 nah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.